Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. You're listening to Comedy Central. Tonight, we are asking a simple question. Is social media the devil? Because it feels a lot like hell, a place where evil souls go to congregate and celebrate suffering. Are we destined to burn in eternal digital hell fire? Is the only salvation following me at Cedar God on all social platforms? Let's discuss. You're going to meet Charlemagne and like Charlemagne. Respect Charlemagne. And, and you know what I mean? Ruffling feathers. I know his stance. You know what I mean? Charlemagne known for being honest. Oh, Lord. Jensen made another one. Hey. Peace to the planet. I go by the name of Leonard McKelvey, commonly known as Charlemagne the God. Come on, make them on. Don't stop now. Come on. I need all that energy. I need it. I need it. All right. Listen, tonight, tonight I want to talk about a place that could possibly be the inside of Satan's anus, social media. Okay. Recently, we've seen tech companies like YouTube, TikTok, and Snapchat get called out for corrupting more youth than a little Nas X music video. That's right. But still, none of them have managed to catch up to the Usain Bolt of internet tomfoolery, Facebook. All right. Just last week, the Facebook CEO and dictator of the dark world, Mark Zuckerberg, was given a public swirly in the congressional toilet when former Facebook data scientist Frances Halgen channeled the spirit of Too Short during her testimony before a Senate subcommittee and blew the whistle. She testified about how Facebook purposefully allows disinformation and hate speech to spread throughout its platform in the pursuit of profit before she escaped the lake of hellfire. That is Facebook. Haugen copied thousands of pages of confidential documents and shared them with lawmakers, regulators, and the Wall Street Journal, which published a series of reports called the Facebook Files. Sidebar, how come whenever white people expose corruption, they're called a whistleblower? That's so cute, right? But when black people do it, we get called a rat. And don't get me wrong, the hood has rats, but the hood got whistles too, okay? 
None of this is new on the timeline, though. Facebook been on that dumb shit. Remember how they played a role in Russian attempts to influence the 2016 U.S. election? Remember that? Y'all remember that, right? We almost lost America on the same app our aunties used to post those one gotta go questions. <laughs> I love blackish, but nothing will come between me and my girlfriends. Blackish gotta go, except for Tracy Ellis Ross, because Joan Clayton, duh. <laughs> In her recent 60 Minutes interview, Haugen also said that during the 2020 election, Facebook instituted safeguards to curb extremist noise. But after election day, Facebook went Uncle Phil on that ass and threw out the safeguards as if Jazz disrespected dark-skinned Aunt Viv. And why? Because safe don't make dollars. With the safeguards gone, the angry whites were free to go on Facebook and plan their attempted coup, a.k.a. a cracker juve. Now... That all went down less than nine months ago. But back in 2018, after years of downplaying Facebook's role, the head honcho of digital Hades, Mark World War Z, finally admitted that Facebook had not done enough to help prevent their platform from being used to create division and incite offline violence. That sounds familiar. Is Mark Zuckerberg taking a page out of the playbook of Mr. Dote 45, the the former celebrity in chief whose name we can't say on this show because our showrunner Rachel forbids it? (laughs) Social media has gone from a place where countries are able to find freedom and where cries for justice are heard to being a place where people's insecurities have purposefully and maliciously been preyed upon all in the name of that guap. It's an evil place where armies of programmers are designing algorithms to steal your time and warp your reality. A place where hate groups are able to fester and spread lies like it's the boys' locker room the day after prom night. (laughs) Facebook is basically like, smell my thumb. (laughs) And why is this so? Because most of these social media platforms choose profit over the people. It's MOB in these digital streets. Come on now. Money over bitches. And according to Haugen, we the bitches. That's right. When somebody blows the whistle on Big Zuck, he just asks one question. What's my favorite word? Bitch. Nope, it's rich. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of harm, name something that teenage girls feel after being on social media. Go. Killing yourself, survey says. That's right. Suicidal thoughts. 13.5% of UK teen girls in one survey say their suicidal thoughts became more frequent after starting on Instagram. Name something that gets worse for young girls after being on social media. Go, go. Bulimia. Bulimia. Survey says. Oh, eating disorder. You're smart. 17% of teen girls say their eating disorders got worse after using Instagram. Okay, let's do one more. Let's do one more. Name something social media makes young girls feel bad about. Who said selling weave? (laughs) Somebody said selling weave? (laughs) Oh, their bodies, their bodies, their bodies. Survey says? Their bodies. 
That's the number one answer. About 32% of teen girls said that when they felt bad about their bodies, Instagram made them feel worse. They are trapped in a loop of false equivalency because what they see on their timeline is considered perfection. And they desire to obtain that. That's why if you got kids, you got to pour into them. This is why my wife and I are constantly showering our daughters with positive affirmations because the digital devil is a liar. Okay? I don't want any of my daughters thinking their beauty stems from looking like they just stepped out of a Pixar movie. Okay? You ain't wrong when you're right. Is it cheating if it's a cartoon? It is? Okay, black men, black men, black men don't cheat, even with cartoons. All right. All right. Snapchat, a simple app with a simple dream to make people look like sexy puppies. All right? Sidebar, y'all heard about Prentice Madden? He loves sexy puppies. Okay. But Snapchat announced that it would be putting safeguards in place to help prevent drugs from being pushed on his platform. Puppies doing drugs now? Who's happy about that? Oh, yeah, Prentice. Okay. And just last week, YouTube said that it was expanding its ban on misinformation. But while they claim to be policing what the public posts on social media, who's policing them? Huh? And how do we escape from the hell that is social media? There cannot be forgiveness of social media sins unless there are two things, repentance and shedding of blood. And we will unpack that when we come back. It's the God's honest truth. It's truth. So is social media the devil's playground? And how do we stop Satan, a.k.a. Big Tech, from destroying society as we know it? Well, as my therapist says, let's unpack this. One time for Warren G and Nate Dogg, who said they had to regulate, and that's exactly what needs to happen to social media. It needs to be regulated, okay? It just has to happen. All right, let's compare social media to television for a minute. If I were to spread lies and misinformation over these airwaves, I could get slapped with a fine so hard you would have thought I was playing a game in the train station with this guy. (laughs) Meanwhile, on Facebook, I can spread as many lies as I want and Facebook would never get fined. Hell, I'd probably get a few thousand new followers who think being anti-vax is a personality trait. Now, Facebook might take that content down or ban me, but that's something the company does and not the government. And that's an important distinction. When it comes to regulating social media, the government is about as hands off as a faithful black man in a room full of thought pockets. (laughs) Essentially, the government can regulate women's bodies, but not hate speech on the Internet. These crackers want to regulate the wrong inbox, okay? (laughs) And even after corporations damn near bankrupted our middle class, dumped more oil than the eagle masseuse in our oceans, and turned a blind eye to more illicit deals than Tommy and Ghost, our government still condones self-regulation. Of course, big tech is like, get out my face, government, and go around the corner and get me a black and mild, a mega millions ticket, and a butt ice. (laughs) And, and, And the government is like, Anything for you, Insta Instagram. You, you want some rap snacks to go with your bud ice? Because I know you like your rap snacks. The internet is like, somebody said Cardi. <laughs> the internet is like Deadwood compared to TV, which actually used to be even more regulated back in the day. For instance, salute to George Carlin, okay? There was a time you couldn't say shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, antics. 
And for those of you listening at home, as you can hear, you still can't say most of those seven dirty words, all right? Even though the government ain't about to ease up on me saying cock <laughs> or pussy, here's a P word you can get away with. Propaganda. That's right. That's right. See... Back when television was first introduced, the government put rules in place in the hopes of preventing TV from becoming a total disinformation machine. To do that, the government decided that TV stations, all three of them, (laughs) could air political programming divided they give equal time to countering points of view. This fairness doctrine lasted from 1949 to 1987, when the FCC was under the administration of Cracky in Chief Ronald Reagan, who successfully canceled it, denouncing it as antagonistic to the freedom of expression guaranteed by the Constitution. <laughs> Two sides of an argument isn't antagonistic to freedom. It is freedom, all right? These crackers simply can't handle a clapback. That's all that is, all right? Getting rid of the fairness rule also opened up a Pandora's propaganda box that has basically brought us to where we are today when it comes to news on TV. TV news is like a Tyson Fury knockout, but with more blood, all right? (laughs) Fox News, Newsmax, OAN are out here getting crackers all upset by serving one side of an argument. Sure, they'll call it a back and forth when it's really just a verbal reach around. Y'all know what a reach around is, right? That's good. I'm the, I'm the only sick fuck here. Uh, there's no doubt that you can draw a line between the fairness doctrine being eliminated and a federal judge dismissing a lawsuit against Fox News after their lawyers argued that no reasonable viewer would take Tucker Carlson seriously. Hmm. So what's the solution here? Well, for one thing, we need to recognize that freedom of speech does not mean freedom to reach. Just because you got something to say doesn't mean everybody got to hear it. Because at this point, we've seen what unlimited, unargued speech can do to the public. Crackers are madder than the Wu-Tran clan at a Chappelle show. By the way, that's a compliment. Y'all know Wu-Tran clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Come on. I wouldn't play with them. Come on. The fairness doctrine needs to be rebooted and reapplied to the places where it's needed the most. Like cocoa butter on winter feet. Okay, there needs to be more antitrust enforcement, but there also has to be more self-regulation. And I'm not talking about big tech. If you can't use social media in moderation, I'm talking to all of y'all out there and all of y'all watching, stay the hell off of it. And besides, who voluntarily enters hell? I know social media is addictive, but so is Chick-fil-A. And we know not to eat that all the time. In fact, they even close their doors once a week to keep us away. All right? They know we can't control ourselves. Social media affects our mood, our identity, our beliefs, and communication skills. We literally wake up in the morning and let social media dictate what we think about things. We let social media form our opinions for us. All right? The damn creators of social media platforms admittedly either limit or don't let their own children use it. So why the hell don't we? All right? As my Mouse Corner loved one said, my, my, my guy, Pastor Stephen Furtick, he said, you're comparing your real life to someone else's heavily filtered social media highlight reel, all right? That alone will diminish your emotional and mental health, people. So, is social media hell? Well, let's look at it. It literally feeds all of the seven deadly sins. You got lust, gluttony, <laughs> greed, wrath, Sloth, envy, pride. Now, 
I don't know if Facebook is the market of beast, but the guy who runs it, his name is Mark. And he has a dog named Beast. That's a fact. Google it. Stay woke, people. We'll be right back. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Hey! Welcome back to the God's Honest Truth. Now, all show long, I've been talking about our eternal damnation in social media. How? Well, my first guest has been to hell and back, all right? He's the president and co-founder of the Center for Humane Technology and was featured in the groundbreaking documentary The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Great documentary. He's also the host of the Your Undivided Attention podcast. Please welcome Tristan Harris. What's up, my brother? Good, man. How are you? Simple question. Is social media the devil? Uh, you're not wrong. I think that it... Uh... It, it preys on the worst of human nature and vulnerabilities. In fact, people don't know this, but the founder of LinkedIn said that every successful social media app preys on one or more of the seven deadly sins. Yeah, you so, were telling so, me that. So if the devil is the seven deadly sins, you know, greed, lust, uh, you know, wrath, anger, these are the things that are the powering social media success. Because, you know, how much have you paid for Facebook or Instagram, like, recently? Nothing. Nothing. So then how do they make, you know, billions of dollars? Because we're the product, not the customer, but specifically our emotions. It's like the exon of, of the human vices, right? It pumps up our wrath, our anger, our jealousy, our voyeurism, our comparison, because those are the things that work at getting human attention. Jesus Christ. 
No, I really mean that. Jesus Christ, bring Jesus in the room. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Jeez. Now, so what is social media doing to us as humans? Because it just, you know, you go on there and you just don't feel right sometimes when you get off. Totally. Well, I mean, the question is like, do these people who, when their goal is, is getting the most attention and growth and engagement, that's what Francis Haugen, the whistleblower, was showing. Like, over and over again, these companies, social media comes in. By the way, it's not just Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, the same thing, because they all prey on it. And they profit when they, when they get these human vices to come up in ourselves. And look, I mean, we have comparison and, and beauty, you know, concerns about beauty and validation. That all exists in us. But it's one thing when you have literally a trillion dollars of a company that's pointing an AI at your brain to find the next human vice and like make that rise to the surface. And then when it comes to democracy, it's like, what, what does it want to put at the center of our attention? Well, the, the fault lines of our society. So, you know, we already have these wounds in our society, these historical mm-hmm. wounds. But imagine you have a trillion dollar AI that says, I'm going to put at the center of attention the next wound and then open it up again. Right. And that's what it does. That's what Twitter does. That's what TikTok does. That's what Facebook does. You know, it's crazy because sometimes you just think it's people. Right. Right. But no, this is actually programming. Right. I mean, it is people, but they're like you said, they're magnifying our insecurity. Totally. Well, and so, you know, behind the screen, behind the slab of glass, like there's a thousand engineers who go to work every day and they're not like twisting their mustache saying like, how do I make your life awful? I don't believe that. <laughs> well, Evil. well, actually, so to your point, to your point, I mean, what we know about from Francis Haugen's whistleblowing is that um, Facebook's own research shows that they know it puts teenagers in a downward spiral, right? That you use it when you're depressed and they know that depressed people, they tend to look at this certain especially like the anorexia kind of videos. Mm-hmm. And by the way, people think, okay, well, we've always had kids uh, and girls compare themselves to others based on beauty. But we didn't have it so that if you clicked on a dieting tip or food tip or nutrition tip, that's what these girls start with. They just click on something innocuous. But then Facebook says with their trillion dollar computer, like what tends to keep people who click on the diet tips and the food tips? And it's like, oh, there's this weird category of video called like anorexia videos. We don't know why that works. In fact, the computer doesn't know what the word anorexia means. It just knows, let's dose those kids with that every day. And the thing is, it's not an individual choice, right? Because if, if the teenager sees the social dilemma, they say, I don't want to use this anymore. They, they can't choose not to use it as easily because it's like, if you talk to the devil, it's like it's captured all your friends. So if all your friends have been like sucked into this like devil world and you can't use it if, if you're not going to connect with them, right? Y'all see that weird smoke that's just coming through the room right now? Is, these, is that just me? I, is what? His ears. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, that was it. I mean, now, where is this going in the next five years? Because this don't feel sustainable, man. Yeah. Well, it's not sustainable. And, and the, I mean, notice, like, I grew up with, with technology. You know, my, my co-founder at the Center for Humane Technology, his dad actually started the Macintosh project at Apple. I think we have very positive ideas about what technology can add to our lives. The key is not whether technology is good or bad. It's are these business models that treat us as the user, not the product. Where does that take us? And the problem is that this business model is very successful. And, it, and so, you know, it's when, when Justin, in the film, the guy who made the like button, he says in the film, The Social Dilemma, uh, so long as a whale is worth more dead than alive, and a tree is worth more as two by fours, as lumber, dead slabs of wood than as a tree, in this model, when we're the product to Facebook, TikTok, et cetera, we're the whale. We're the tree. We're worth more as a dead slab of predictable human behavior. When you're doing this with your phone, that's the commodified like lumber of human behavior. When we're commodified into being addicted, distracted, polarized, narcissistic, and misinformed, all of those things are the success cases of that business model. Now, we could take that business model and throw it out of the entire app stores of all this stuff, and we would live in a much better society. And that's what we can do. And that's what I hope Frances Haugen, you know, her testimony on Capitol Hill last week. I hope we can, we can do that. So, so what do you think should happen next? 
I mean, you know, as, as you said, we, we need regulation, mm-hmm. right? And when we say that, we don't mean it. It's funny because Facebook actually right now is planting these false stories saying that Francis Haugen wants to censor speech and that this whole thing about regulation is a way for government to control speech. But actually, but as you said, it's not about freedom of speech. It's about freedom of reach and dangerous reach. That's right. And we know that the worst of human emotions go way more viral than when we say something calm, right? Like the one time the vaccine leads to a blood clot and someone dies, that story goes right. viral to, to a billion people. <laughs> and all you need is one story for everybody one. to believe. You just need one of those and everyone reshares it. And it, all the million times that someone got a vaccine and then they moved on with their lives and they're doing everything else, there aren't stories about that. Mm-hmm. Those aren't going viral. So there's this huge asymmetry between what is incendiary and what is truth. And as Sandy says in the film, the truth is boring. Mm-hmm. And so how do we live in a world where we're, we're calmer? We realize we've been put through this sort of bad trip of social media. Yeah, I say it all the time. Nobody cares about the truth when the lie is more entertaining. Exactly. Yeah, and everybody just wants to be entertained on social media. That's right. Now, now why does it seem like technology is outsmarting us? Like, it's like, like you just said, we can't escape fake news. Right. Like you would think like uh, we would be smarter. Like why are news reporters and actual news stations reporting the fake news that's on social media? Well, it, it creates this sort of double bind. Like if, if a story goes viral and it's like a conspiracy theory, then if you don't report it, like let's say some conspiracy goes viral, right? Um, then if the media, the mainstream media doesn't report on it, well, it's a conspiracy theory. Look, we know the story went viral. Everyone's talking about it, but the media isn't reporting on it. So therefore it must be a conspiracy theory. But then if they do report it, they are promoting the conspiracy oh, theory. Yeah. So it, it puts us in this double bind. We can't win either way. Um, but we don't, we don't have to have that way. I think the key thing is, is virality, dangerous virality. Uh, we actually know like from Facebook's own research that came out that, it, that Francis put forward, that the, the more viral something is, again, the, the more likely it was to be crazy. It's like, if you go back, I don't know if you remember like in the 90s when you get like a crazy email from your aunt and it had forward, colon, forward, colon, forward, like forward, 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 forward. The things that were forwarded from our crazy family members, those were the, the crazy you know, newsletters, like the kind of the chain letter thing. For the record, I never got crazy things from my family until Facebook. Until Facebook. They right. never e- I never got an email from my aunt, right. well, ever. And that's the thing is it, it, it makes, it, it really shows us, I mean, another way to say it is that Facebook's business model is ruining Thanksgiving because their business model is to show each of us the, our own rabbit hole, our own Truman Show, our own reality. And when you show up at the Thanksgiving dinner table, like the family doesn't work. But that same thing that happens at Thanksgiving dinner, that happens to our government because this thing is also controlling and shaping the minds of our, our politicians. And so it makes it so we can't agree on anything. And that's really the danger because no matter what you care about, climate change, racial justice, inequality, all of those things depend on a shared reality. And so if Facebook and, and these other companies, if they break shared reality, we can't do the other things. But the, the good news is if we deal with this problem, it gives us leverage to deal with the other problems. Why does it feel like social media is that friend, that, that's, that, ye, that yes man around you that's always telling you what you want to hear? Like you can just think something or say right. something and it just pops up on your phone. Totally. Well, it's like, so, you know, to get attention, do I do better at getting attention if I say, you know what, you're right. All these things you said in the past, here's more evidence of you're right. That's going to that's gonna be way better at getting your attention than if I say, that thing that you believe, well, here's like a, a counterexample. It's more complicated than that. Or here's like a 12-page research study. You're like, I don't want to click on that. So when we keep clicking on the stuff that confirms and doubles down on our confirmation bias, that's what, that's what keeps us clicking. But it does that for everyone. So whether you think, you know, you know, the vaccine is great or the vaccine is horrible or masks work or masks don't work, every side gets infinite evidence that they're right. And so we become more and more convinced that we're right. And we have less and less empathy for what other people have seen because they have a different Truman Show reality. Wow. So it breaks empathy. Can you break down how social media is feeding off our negative emotions? Talk about that a little more. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I mean, here, here's an example. 
um, you know, if, if, you, if you post a photo uh, or you post something on, on the line and you get 100 comments, right, and 99 of the comments are positive, but one of them is negative, where does your attention go? That one fuck boy. <laughs> exactly. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and, and do you think that you're alone in that? Or you think like the whole, we, we all work that Yeah, we all do that. Yeah. Right, exactly. So this is about the universal aspects of human nature. And that's one of the negative emotions. And, we're, and, and do we look at it once or do we just like loop on it, right? You, you put your phone away and you're still thinking to yourself, like it consumes your day. So it's like, it's this huge cloud that's kind of taken over society. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just not compatible with democracy working. All right, last question. Uh, do, do you think Francis Haugen's testimony is going to have consequences for these companies or will we just forget this happened tomorrow because Facebook will flush it out with something else? Well, I'm glad you brought that up, actually. They have a project. Facebook has a thing called Project Amplified that started in the last month that um, they actually amp up positive stories about Facebook right now. It's because they want to like up, upregulate their oh own image. God. And they control what people feel and think. So if they do that and they say, oh, you like horses, Here's an example where Facebook helps someone who lost their horse find their horse because they posted it on some board so they can keep upregulating their perception while screwing over the rest of us, right? So I, what I do think, though, just to answer your question, is that Francis, I think, really did an amazing thing in that both sides, the, the you know, Republicans and the Democrats, came together and said, this is a threat to our democracy. And that's never happened before. I've been working on this for eight years, mm-hmm. and I really saw something change there. Now, whether we can keep the pressure going, that's another question. Like you said, we can't let the, you know, the engine just distract us again. But I do think that we, we can get there. Uh, Tristan, if you go missing, we're going to raid Facebook headquarters, man. That's all right. Uh, thank you, Tristan, for helping us unpack the problem. Now, my next guest is going to give us some tips on how we can seek salvation from this social media damnation. He's a professor of computer science at Georgetown University, the host of the Deep Questions podcast and a New York Times bestselling author of one of my favorite books, Digital Minimalism. Make some noise for my man, Cal Newport. (laughs) Cal, good evening, sir. Good to talk to you again. I know, man. You know, I read your book a couple years ago. I never realized how hard it is to pronounce minimalism out loud, though, until tonight. Now, you know, I don't like having uh, shows where we just discuss problems. I like to discuss solutions. Your book is full of solutions. So how can people begin to disconnect from social media? Well, it really is the key question, and it's a hard one. Uh, It should be easy. Just use social media less. But people really struggle with it. And a couple things I think is helpful is to recognize first that there are people out there who don't use a lot of social media or maybe don't use it at all, and they're fine. And we have to get that message out there. Not just people like me, there's teenagers who don't use it. There's artists, there's business people who don't use it. We need to normalize that. And then second, we have to recognize that for a lot of people, this is helping them avoid difficult things in their lives. Looking at that screen compulsively keeps you away from that void that might be distressing. So sometimes the most effective first step to disconnecting is actually focusing on filling in that void first and adding into your life stuff that you like to do better, more valuable stuff, more mission-driven stuff. Heal your life. It's easier to heal your relationship with the device. That's easy for us because we old. So we remember life before social media. What about these kids who all they know is social media forever? You know, we don't need, let's say, everyone in a classroom to stop using social media before it feels like that's appropriate for the one kid we care about. All we really need is two or three people doing that. 
We just have to normalize that that is an allowable path because what I'm hearing from teenagers is the same thing that those leaked documents from Facebook are reporting. Teenagers know this is making them unhappy. Teenagers know that this is a problem. Teenagers feel trapped. We just have to show them there is a path out and you're not gonna be the very first person to take it. I think if we open that door, a lot of people are gonna move through it. How did you feel when like social media went down recently? Yeah, I'll tell you the, the quote your show, the God's honest truth here, I didn't know at first because I don't use social media. My day was completely normal. But the next day I began to hear from readers, I began to hear from listeners, and I'll tell you, the most common reaction I heard from them was actually relief. You lie. It was a day where there was nothing there waiting for me on that screen to stare at. Wow. Relief. I wonder what that felt like for them. Like, what, what, did, what were they relieved by? I got to tell you, when you step away from these screens, the social media feed being a major part of your life, the default activity, it's almost like taking off a fog pair of glasses. I mean, you hear the birds. Your anxiety goes down. Everything gets calmer. You begin to appreciate the people you're talking to. You begin to appreciate the book you're reading or the music you're listening to. I mean, it's almost like a drug that gives you only positive benefits. So I think it was probably a good experiment for a lot of people to see, even for just a day. What's it like when your day is not dominated by constantly swiping and constantly tapping? Mm. I like how in digital minimalism, you talk about uh, social media as a tool. And you say we should treat it as such. Break that down. Figure out first what you care about. What do you want to spend your time doing? What's important? And only then ask, how do I want to actually deploy technology to help these things that matter? So when you are deploying technology to support something you specifically care about, that is a completely different experience than just using TikTok or using Snapchat or using Twitter just as a default. Get intentional about how you use this tech and the amount of time you use it and the footprint it has in your life, it tends to get much, much smaller. Are we in too deep? Can we turn this thing around, man? Or is, or is it up to regulation over individual behavior? I think us, the users, have a lot of power here. And the reason is, is that for most people, social media is not a fundamental technology in their life. They don't depend on it to get to work in the morning. They don't depend on it to feed their kids. We've seen people shift drastically from one platform to another, almost seemingly overnight as the zeitgeist changes. So I think it's completely possible that if the culture around social media use changes, if it becomes something that's looked at as uh, not desirable, if it's something that looks like you're being exploited or controlled, we could see almost overnight the reach of these companies get much, much smaller they are not as fundamental as they think. We as the users have the power. We do not have to put up with this narrative that if you're not on these devices all day, that somehow you don't exist. I call nonsense on that. We can say no. You make this sound so easy. I'm serious, man. Have you ever seen somebody try to stop smoking crack or stop doing heroin or stop smoking cigarettes? Like, I really feel like social media is that strong. Well, it does have a grip on us, but it's not that bad because it doesn't actually have a substance that crosses the blood-brain barrier. So it's what psychologists call a moderate behavioral addiction, which means if it's there, I'm going to do it more than I know is good or healthy for me. But if you take it away, I mean, even if you just take the apps off your phone and say, I'm not quitting, I'm still going to use all these services, but I'm going to do it on a computer and I'm going to have to type in my password like it's 1995. Even if you just take it out of your immediate range, You'd be surprised by how much more little you use it. It's incredibly powerful. 
But we can get away from it, I think, easier than we think if we're strategic about it. What about people who find it uncomfortable or difficult to leave? Can you talk about life after leaving social media? What the hell am I going to do without my smartphone, cow? I guess you'll read my book or something. I'm not sure. Look at the glass. And then we'll, uh, then we'll take a picture and tag it. But, <laughs> no, but, uh, here's what it's like when you're not on social media. At first, it is uncomfortable because you don't know what to do with your attention. If, however, you can fill in that time and do this very intentionally, this is not easy, but actually say, here's what I want to do instead. Here's how I want to fill my time. Here's what's important to me. I'm going to get involved in different things. I'm going to go talk to people in person. I'm going to pick up new hobbies. I'm going to be useful to my community. If you put in that effort, life becomes much richer. And that urge to keep looking down, it'll be there for about 14 days. And then it goes away. And then you can look around you and say, oh, there's a lot more that I wasn't noticing before. So I can tell you from experience and the experience of thousands of people that I know who have done this, there is life on the other side of constant phone use. And it's a pretty good one. Kyle, that's just a nice way of saying, get a fucking life. (laughs) Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate you, bro. We'll definitely take Kyle's advice and put it into action. We'll be right back with the God's final word. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Quitting social media can be hard, but it doesn't have to be with Digitrol. 
The patch releases a steady flow of the same dopamine you get from likes, retweets, and seeing that your ex's baby came out ugly. You'll no longer need to compare yourself to the people on your timeline or DM IG models back into compliments. This shit got cocaine in it? Did you try? Stop your addiction today. And now it's time for the God's final word. Social media has done a lot of good for us, but is it good for us? Feels like it's making common sense less common and creating a generation of intellectually dishonest people. Anything you believe, there will be a tribe of people that agree with you. Because on social media, nobody cares about the truth if the lie is more entertaining. So it makes it pointless to even tell the truth because nobody cares. They just want to be entertained. It feels like we are devolving. And if this tech neck is a sign of things to come, well, we're going to be back walking on our knuckles in no time. It's imperative for our own spiritual, mental, and emotional well-being that from time to time, we unplug from social media. I tell my 13-year-old daughter all the time, if you want to have an advantage over everybody in your generation, just simply look up. And that's the God's honest truth. If you're blind, too broke for cable, or just can't get enough of my beautiful voice, this is the perfect way to take in the sermons I'm delivering each week. The doors of the church are open. Listen to the God's Honest Truth on the Black Effect iHeartRadio Podcast Network, the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.